welcome back to Start Kyle Orton. Kyle, it's been a longer break than usual. Uh, we had things to do last week, so we skipped a week, but uh, I, I think it's been a bit of an eventful time for a Bears fan. I, I know you wanted to start off talking about actual Bears news. Yeah, no, so good news is we, we do have some training camp stuff to talk about today. The camp has started. There are, are Bears players playing something akin to football right now. Um, there really wasn't enough to make a whole episode out of yet. It's been like one practice that's been reported on. So, But probably starting next week, we'll have some real stuff to chew over based on camp reports. But uh, yeah, early reports out of camp today were Justin Fields looked pretty darn good. Adam Hogue said very few balls on the ground. He was very in control. He, he ran the offense very smoothly. They had no penalty, or they only had one penalty that he saw. Just the kind of thing you really want to hear from Justin is just that, you know... We talked about this a while ago. We said, you know, good camp reports don't really mean much, but consistent bad ones tend to. Um, and that's really all you want to hear about, Justin, this camp. I mean, I, the, the big plays are exciting, and there was a great touchdown throw to DJ Moore that they've already put on Instagram and everything. Um, if you haven't seen it, you should go check that out. It's a good throw. Um, but, like, I, as exciting as it is to hear about a Justin Fields to DJ Moore deep ball, I'm, I'm more interested in hearing you know the stuff saying like yeah justin looked good he looked in control he peppered the ball to different guys he yep. you know that's the we, we all know justin fields can really do the hard stuff we know that we want to you what you want to learn is that he starts to make the routine stuff look routine so the more reports that we get like that awesome uh other good news is that despite a very brief win time on the on the pup list chase claypool was i don't know why the bears put him on the pup list for a single day but they activated him and he even caught a touchdown today so chase claypool is practicing and he's not doing horribly and he had a press conference today he said all the right things about how he knows this is the most important year of his career how no one should doubt his work ethic so that was very nice to hear as well and then and so far everybody's healthy everybody's been cleared to play so yeah early reports at a bears camp are fantastic i did uh i did kind of want like an elaboration from you on that. I thought maybe I was missing something. Why why would you put a guy on the pup list for one day and sign a wide receiver on that day? And yeah, just, I don't He's fine the next I, day. Well, and we know that the Bears have never in the history of anything cared about how things look to the media. I mean, I uh, think sure. The handling of the Jay Cutler NFC Championship game was just the ultimate example of that like no one in this organization knows how PR works. Um, because any smart organization, like if, if that was the Packers and Brett Favre after that NFC Championship game, they would have been out and been like, his leg is gone. He tried to play with a missing knee. <laughs> and then Lovey, of course, in the press of the next day was like, yeah, uh, uh, Jay had a, a sprain in his knee. And, you know, that was that. And he just, and I was like, come on, protect your guy. So we know the Bears don't care about protecting their guys. But, I mean, with all the shit that Chase Claypool has taken since this trade, all the shit that admittedly some of which he has brought on himself, but like the way this fan base is just waiting with bated breath for this guy to do anything to justify that trade, to put him on the pup list a day before camp just to piss everybody off and get all those bust tweets out just to activate him the next day. What was the point of that? I, they signed a receiver. I mean, it, it really, everything looked like, oh my God. It looked God. bad. Yeah. Like, here, were, this is horrible. Like, we're, we're yeah, going to have Tyler were. Scott in there at the two, like, the yeah. entire season. What happened to him? Yeah. And then like, the next day, go. no, he's yeah, good. I, I do not. Yeah. It turns out that it looks like uh, the wide receiver that they signed was there to take the place of uh, Dante Pettis, who's on the non football injury list. I, I don't think any oh, of us. No. Uh, yeah. I don't think any of us are too torn up about missing Dante Pettis for a bit. Um, but yeah, that's that's it from Bears camp today. There was some news from Packers camp. Should we should we talk about that briefly? I I mean, definitely. This is going to be like a, a weekly segment of Schadenfreude. So yeah, definitely it's, bring it on. Well, we were talking about like we talked last time. We talked about Jordan Love. We were saying like we don't know for sure. You won't know until this dude plays. Mm-hmm. But the wary tone coming from Packers camps and mini camps and the the like weird hedging we're not picking up your fifth year option on his contract the way all that the the real tepid response it you're getting some real mitch trubisky 2019 vibes from this guy and that continued today because rob domovsky a packers beat writer tweeted that love was seven of 14 
in a non-contact practice, which isn't what you want. And then he immediately went into excuse mode. He said he looked good on the intermediate stuff, but he had some deep balls that were underthrown into a stiff wind. And so I looked up what the, and the Packers are practicing in Green Bay for camp this year, and I looked up what the weather in Green Bay was. And according to the National Service Weather Service, uh, the wind in Green Bay was a, a blistering eight miles per hour today. Um, the good thing is, is that it's never windy at Lambeau in December. No. I mean, or in Chicago. No, the Packers never have to play in wind. So as long as there's no wind in the most northern open atmosphere stadium in America or in the NFL should be fine. Nothing to nothing to see. There is nothing to see here. All engines go with Jordan Love. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be uh, terrified of an eight mile per hour wind and that's going to render you incapable, you might also be concerned about, say, the air conditioning inside a dome. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. it's it's incredible to watch another team, especially the Packers, have to go through they just, like they this. don't they don't know how to cope, man. They don't know how to handle it. They they no. haven't seen a quarterback not just effortlessly manhandle a non-contact practice in thirty years. They don't know what it looks like. They're just like the wind, maybe. Is it the wind? wind. <laughs> Take the wind. They just, they don't know what it looks like. They're like, what uh, is this? He must, he can't be this bad. Take the wind, Marty. Uh, Yeah, so no, that's that's our report for Bears camp, the report from Packers camp. Now let's finish off our division previews with the NFC. There's one more bit of Bears news here. Okay, give me, oh, well, Komet. Cole Komet signed an extension at the worst possible time. Uh, and he is he is getting dumped on. Uh, I'm sorry, he's getting Cole. fifty million dollars while Saquon Barkley is out here. Saquon Barkley for a dime. is going to play for eleven million dollars on a one year deal, and Cole Komet now has a four year fifty million dollar contract. It's uh, really really something. Yeah, it, it, it's very hard to look at, but I mean, it, they're paying him like the tenth best tight end in the NFL, which is fine. I, I think Cole's probably right there. Um, you know, the top of the tight end market is like three people deep. We kind of talked. Yeah, about I mean, earlier. yeah. The in the NFL, there's like four guys who are like actual game changing tight ends. Three of those guys are healthy at any time, and then there's like ten to fifteen guys who are like competent starters. Cole is in that group. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I someone was like he's the most average tight end in the NFL, and I actually I think he's like the most median tight end in the NFL. Like I think like that may whatever the exact middle of all yeah. tight ends in the NFL is, he's right there. Um, and this contract pays him a little bit more than that right now, but I mean in a year or two, the way these things move in a year or two, he's gonna probably be like the twelfth or thirteenth highest paid tight end. It is what it is. Um, it's a totally it's fine to, contract. It's it's whatever. Yeah, I mean good for Cole. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all I got to say on that. I'm not mad that they signed the extension. I'm glad he got less than Dawson Knox to me. That's exactly who Cole Komet is—a slightly lesser Dawson Knox. Um, I he so and he, was, he busted his ass last year blocking. And I'm glad it didn't hurt him in contract negotiations. Good. For yes, him. I, I I yeah. I hope he gets to do a little bit more this year. So that, I mean, was it JT O'Sullivan that always refers to him as America's favorite? Uh, eligible tackle Um, yeah yeah (laughs) right so yeah so yeah we'll 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 see but yeah good for cole it's not a bad contract whatever um but yeah let's do these division previews we're gonna start with the east and roll all the way around to the north last right that's how we we did the afc it's how we'll do we tried to buy time for the we even took a week Uh, off we took our first week off since we started this shit folks and we, we tried to buy time for the bears to sign an edge all the indications were mounting that one was coming, and it sounds like it's going to be Yannick Ngakwe, but it does sound like they're still waiting for that guy to to determine that a beggar cannot, in fact, be a chooser. So I'm still betting by the end of the week someone like Justin Houston or Yannick Ngakwe is a Chicago Bear. That's how I'm feeling right now. We probably just have to put this episode out where I'm going to hit publish on this episode, and, and then that's when the Bears team. will yeah. grab a defense but, Anyways, all right. So we'll start with the NFC East. We we did we did last to first, right? With we did, all the others. Yeah. That's how, okay. 
All right, who do you got last in the NFC East, Travis? Is, is there a question about who I have last in the NFC East? Like, I, I told you, I think uh, I think the East is a bit murkier than I expected, but not for last place. The, the Washington professional disasters are coming in last place, and I don't... I'll say this about them. I'll say this, uh, because I don't want to move on too quickly from them. Their defense is really good. They have a very good defense. They probably have a top 10 defense, or at least very close to that. Um, but, you know, a top 10 defense and a bottom four offense uh, gets you, like, six wins in the NFL and no further. So, so unless Sam Howell turns it on, uh, and apparently he had a good day in camp today, but unless Sam Howell is much better than I think he is, this team is basically doomed to win six games, seven games. So I agree with you that they're doomed to win seven games. My hot take, hot take coming. Oh. My hot take, hot taking. Okay. I'm taking hot. Maybe it's not a hot take. Uh, I think that's going to be good for third in the East because I have the New York football giants collapsing. Oh, no. um, oh my God. Because yes. every it. year, I feel like every year there is that, they, they kind of remind me of like the 2008 Okay. Dolphins. There's always the every year. There's always that team that hires the new coach who smoke and mirrors his way to a good season. You're, you're that, comparing them to the Wildcat Dolphins. I am. I am. <laughs> okay. So the Giants were. They were okay. Actually, their offense was a little better than I expected. They were tenth in DVOA on offense. That is kind of impressive. Uh, but they were a bottom five unit. By DVOA on defense, they they got by through. Wink Martindale was just pulling some rabbits out of out of hats all season long. Um, I I do think they they basically maximized Daniel Jones last year. Mm-hmm. Like they we talked about this, they basically stopped asking the guy to throw deep. They spammed the hell out of quick game, um, and then they used him as a battering ram in the run game. I think defenses will be more prepared for some of that schematic stuff that they're going to try to do i don't think they added a whole lot of real talent um yeah my hot take is i think that the because i mean there's oh there's always i mean the if you wanted to compare to a more recent team you could compare them to uh you know the chicago bears with matt nagy who got a whole year uh bluffing a competent offense with trubisky before the wheels fell off and that bears defense was legitimately historically good not a bottom five unit so they only fell to eight and eight the next year but i think the floor for the i think the giants are the team that the regression monster will eat up um i i can see them only winning like six games i actually have the giants finishing in fourth i have i have the commanders in third that's my hot take okay pure pure danny dime slander up in here we're doing okay, it. So, so there are several teams in the NFC we are going to talk about. The NFC is rife with teams uh, that last year were similar to what you're saying with the Giants here. They made the best they could out of a situation they had in year one, and it feels like, to me, they are going to hit a regression wall. There's another team in the NFC East here that is almost guaranteed to regress um, in the Eagles, uh, where you saw it all work once, are we sure it's all going to work with a year of tape on exactly what they did? Uh, so I have the Giants in third. I think last year, uh, what, the Giants won nine games and tied one, something like that. Didn't they tie yeah. Washington? Uh, that's yeah, exactly. Were, of course they got a tie. They were 9-7-1. and one. They were outscored on the season. Like I said, by DVOA, they were a bottom five defensive unit. It was all smoke yep. and mirrors. Um, I yep, just think and... they get chewed up. I mean, a lot of what they did last year also relied on Saquon Barkley um, in a contract here. This does not count as a contract here for Saquon Barkley anymore. This is now a Saquon is depressed here. Uh, I don't think he's going to be fighting too hard for the Giants out there. I do expect some serious regression from that offense. I also saw that, like, 10th in offensive DVOA number, and that just seems preposterous to me, uh, just based on what we saw. Um, but apparently that's that's how it was. I can't imagine that not regressing at this point. Um, they did nothing to to fix their wide receiver issues. Um, they had such a problem in the wide receiver room last year. From There was like a fucking mutiny. There were injuries. Everybody was requesting trades. Um, and you would think that would be a strong point of this offense, would be pleasing wide receivers. And it seems like they all just 
absolutely fucking hate being New York Giants. Um, so I've got to agree. I just think the the whatever the Washington team that's going to change their name again, it seems, um, is going to be worse. But yeah, I agree. The Giants are going to be below. I just think that. I just think that that Washington defense is legitimately good. Um, I will admit, there's a tiny amount of curiosity in me about Sam Howell. I also think if they are forced, Mm -hmm. I also think if they, I also think if they play Jacoby Brissett, like I mean, he was a competent starter last year for Cleveland. So I mean, they, I mean, I'm not not saying they're going to ride to the way to the playoffs, but with that defense, are you asking me if they could win seven games? Absolutely, they managed to do. They managed. They almost. I mean, they they were basically playing the Giants for that wild card spot at the end of last year. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're, they're, like I said, I, I'm not a, I'm not buying the Giants this year. So, uh, so in second place, I'm, I am going to assume we both have Dallas. We do both have Dallas. Yep. Is there anything to say about the Cowboys other than that? Like, um, I am very worried about what Mike McCarthy. What. Crow Magnon shit this man is planning to what what is he gonna what's he gonna do to Dak Prescott like what does that look like yeah I mean I think the biggest issue with the Cowboys this year is for some godforsaken reason they are allowing Mike McCarthy to call plays in the year of our Lord 2023 um which is just the surest sign yet that Jerry Jones is a vampire and is basically dead like what what is the deal with Jerry and offensive coordinators? You know, a guy with such a strong will just lets these limp dick guys just walk in and, and ruin all the talent he has on his team. Uh, the The Cowboys were second in defensive DVOA last year. A lot of that comes down to uh, the absolute monster that is Micah Parsons. But I, I don't expect the, the Cowboys to lose much on defense. Dak Prescott... Um, you can kind of chart his ups and downs by whether he has a, a good second wide receiver or not, and he does. He has Brandon Cooks this year. Um, so you would it think is, that's in the bag, but I do not trust Mike McCarthy at it all. It is absolutely wild to me that, that, that Dak Prescott had that amazing rookie season, and then Des Bryant fell off a cliff, and then for like three years he foundered basically as a game manager. He was averaging like 6.8 yards per attempt. Mm -hmm. They got Amari Cooper and they fired Jason Garrett and, and, and Scott Linehan and got him away from slant flat at every play. And Dak Prescott took off and became one of the most explosive passers in the NFL. And then what do they do? They get rid of Amari Cooper Mm-hmm. And then they take him back to Mike McCarthy, who was last seen. They give him play calling to Mike McCarthy, who was last seen driving Aaron Rodgers so insane that Rodgers literally just like stopped running the plays as called. Yeah. No, so I, I, it's, I it's, do not I'm understand. Skeptical, but at the same time, this is still one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. Dak yeah. is still a quality quarterback. Um, that defense is still good. It's very hard to see them falling below second. Uh, and this is a weak NFC. It's very hard to see them not making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, last year I think their Pythagorean wins were at eleven point two. They were point two five behind the Eagles. Pythagorean wins. I like. I had a very consistent, very strong team. Like you said, maybe the most talented team in in the NFL. Like they give the Eagles a run for their money. Um, but yeah, I just it's all purely a head coach thing. I just can't see Mike McCarthy getting over the hump with these guys. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, they yeah. I think they're destined On for the another other hand, transition to the number one team here. Boy, the Eagles lost a lot this offseason, didn't they? Holy shit balls, they lost a lot. They did, but they I I think they fucking crushed the draft. They did. Um, they absolutely did. I still think that's that's going to be a great defensive line. Jordan Davis, um, missed a lot of last year, but now is it. When he was healthy, they had just an unstoppable. It is Jordan Davis, right? Yes. Okay, Jordan Davis. Yeah, the the three hundred and fifty pound monster that somehow ran like a four eight forty or whatever. Um, yeah, Jordan Davis missed a good chunk of last season, but when he was in, they had one of the best run defenses in all of football. He should be healthy this year. Um, they added Nolan Smith, who you know, if anybody listened to our draft coverage, we both love him. Mm-hmm. Um, and just again, this is—it's such a weak conference 
They still have the best offensive line in football. They still have so much at the skill positions. And Jalen Hurts, you know, this they, they build their offense around what he does, and he does it so well. Um, I Yeah, I mean, I think last year's Eagles were like a true talent 13-win team. I think this year's Eagles are probably like a true talent 11-win team. But in this NFC, they're probably still going to win 13 games again. I, I, I have zero concerns about the Eagles. I... And yeah, I know it rarely happens, but it's really hard to not see them waltzing into the Super Bowl as the NFC representative this year. So, yep, yeah, I mean, kind of in the way that I would hedge on the Washington team, where it's like, well, Sam Howell does well. They have the defense that really succeed. I would hedge the same way with the Eagles and saying that it is going to be. There's a reason that Super Bowl runner-ups have a hard time making the playoffs the next season traditionally, right? You lose your offensive coordinator. You lose your defensive coordinator to head coaching jobs. Um, that's going to be hard on Jalen Hurts. Uh, they lost Hargraves. They... That said, the funniest thing about them losing their defensive coordinator is I think if they that man hadn't been hired to coach the Cardinals, they might have fired him anyways. <laughs> their, de- their defense was... When you hear them talk the about... Yeah, when they when you hear them talk about Jonathan Gannon, like they all talk like he held them back, not that he would. They don't miss him at all. That guy has so, a, a very hateable face. Like I don't know if weird. You could, you could ever he give is, that guy a fair shake. <laughs> he is a weird dude. He is a weird human being. He's a bit. He's a bit of a creep. Uh, just yeah. like you look at his face and you're like, I don't trust this guy one inch. Uh, but yeah, I think the Eagles still win this division. Like you said, I think they're the front runners to win the NFC. Um, but a lot could go wrong with this team this year. Uh, I just think even if a lot goes wrong, like they're going to fall to like 10 wins and still make the playoffs. Yeah, and maybe the Cowboys win the division and that's just the way it is, but they're, they're still in extremely good shape. Yeah. I mean, I, I think with Jalen hurts and that offensive line, it's free. I mean, the 2021 Eagles had holes everywhere and Jalen hadn't quite leveled up yet, and they still made the playoffs because, I mean, when you have Jalen Hurts and you have that offensive line, that's true. like, when shit gets tough, whatever, man, just run for 200 yards a game. Yep. Just, it's, that's all they have to do. So, yeah, it's hard to see the Eagles having much of a floor below 10 wins no matter what happens. So, yep. yeah, so that's the NFC East. Uh, who do you have last in the South? You said that you had the strongest opinions about the NFC South. And I could literally organize this division just with dice rolls. I don't know. I don't feel strongly about any of this. So please, just just blast me with your piping hot NFC South takes. I did. So that's how I went into this thinking. I was like, I don't know. What do I even say about the South? Like, every team could finish with seven wins, just like they did last year. You know, you win seven, eight wins, somebody has to win the division, and that's that. Um Looking at the numbers, looking at what happened this offseason, I feel like there's an honest-to-God delineation for the first time in forever, uh, non-Tom Brady-related. And in last place, I have, without a doubt, the Carolina Panthers. Um, So last season, the Panthers, 27th in offensive DVOA. Kyle, if you had to tell me where all the Panthers' uh, young talent uh, before the draft was concentrated, where would you say it was on this team? Uh, they've got a very good defensive line, mm-hmm. and I do I do like their offensive line. That's all I've got. I would say defensive line, right? Like you've, they've got young talent on defense. They wanted to hold on to Burns. Um, they and J.C. Horn is a very good J.C. Horn's a very good corner, but he's been injured. Right. So I, um, they, they, actually, had, they added Omenahu, I think it was, to defensive tackle. So you would think mm-hmm. that's strong. Kyle, with most of these people on their roster last year, 25th in the NFL in defensive DVOA, still an absolute disaster. Frank Reich, not exactly known to be a good defensive ball coach, so I don't really trust them on that side of the ball. Uh, I mean, their draft was really Bryce Young. Their running back room got significantly worse. Um, We have their best running back from last year. They also traded their best running back from last year during the season mid-season to the 49ers um their wide receiver room uh has added it's got in it. it's got names that we, there we, are had, we already, you've heard of we yeah we already had this talk about bryce young and and the panthers weapons and how we said like is it worth it to spend just 
to have just good enough wide receivers that you maybe don't ruin Bryce Young, but certainly not good ones. Yeah. Um, now, you would have to tell me about their offensive line. You know, you know more about niche offensive lines than I do. Um, um, they Well, they, they Bradley Bozeman is a very solid center. I, I looked into him a lot um, as a potential center for the Bears. Because you wanted him. Yeah. To, I did. I did, okay. yeah, because I, you know, I wanted the Bears to upgrade at center. Uh, and the the tackle that they drafted in the first round um, last year, Ikem Ekwanu, a very good tackle. Um, I think future, like like a top five tackle in the league, I think, over the course okay. of his career as All we right. go forward. Um, there are some pieces there. Uh, That's kind I, of I, the story of the Panthers. There are pieces around this team, but there is nothing very, there that can make a whole, a whole... You've made a very compelling argument for the Panthers as the last place team in the mm-hmm. NFC South, to the point that I, I, I'm tempted... I, they weren't my last place team, but I think I might move them up. I might move them down. I was going to say the Bucks <laughs> are last, but you know what? You sold me. Travis, the Panther. And, you know, yeah. and of course, this is a little bit wishful thinking because we own their draft pick, but... Um, yeah. yeah the, there's the, also that. But also, uh, look, the other thing is I'm just going to stick to my guns here. We, I had said for months leading up to the draft that I think Bryce Young is going to be a very good NFL quarterback, but I think he's going to have the hardest first year in the league, and I don't think that's changed. I think he's going to have the worst year out of him, Richardson, and Stroud. Um, so I don't even necessarily think quarterback this season is going to be upgraded that dramatically. You know, it's funny. I think it. Um, he obviously had the worst situation of all of them in college. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at the pieces around, although their offensive line is still a little shaky, but if you look at the, the skill players around him, Richardson, I think, easily has the best situation of the three first-round quarterbacks as a rookie. Um, I actually love, I love that Colts wide receiver room. Now, I like... Um, Pittman, I think, is a better wide receiver than his numbers. He's just been saddled with kind of bad game manager quarterbacks the last couple of years. Um, I think that Alec Pierce was a dude I really wanted the Bears to draft last year. I think last year, I think he's going to be a very solid X in the league. Uh, they also draft. Did they draft Josh Downs? Was he a guy? Was he the slot guy that they yep, took? Yeah, they got Downs. Um, yeah, I like the Colts' weapons, um, and I love Shane Steichen as a head coach for Richardson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Texans have put a couple guys around. They have, they they're Stroud? another team with some pretty good pieces on their offensive yeah. line. They've got a, a but, decent running back. They have wide receivers. But yeah, I, I think if you had to ask me which of the rookie quarterbacks actually has the best situation, um, it's Richardson. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know that I would say Bryce has the worst, but it's it's not great. It's not what you want. It's not the worst either, though. It's I don't. It's not what Justin Fields had to deal with last year. It's not Tim Couchian, but it's not yeah. nothing that's going to carry the kid above their usual rookie struggles. Though he's not on the this kid's not on the 2012 Seahawks or whatever. Um, so yeah, you've convinced me. I'm moving the Panthers to last place. The Buccaneers are my third place team. I don't know what to fucking make of them. I do think the most hilarious possible outcome for this season is Baker Mayfield just like having a good Baker Mayfield year and just leading the remnants of the Bucks roster. Because, I mean, they still have a few. I mean, Vincent Jackson, or not Vincent Jackson, Mike Evans is... They have Mike Evans? They have Godwin, right? Mike, still yeah, Godwin. Yeah, there are there are still some pieces there. There are still some guys on defense. Um, the, the core of that Super Bowl winning team is still mostly there. Um, and, yeah, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world for, for Baker to have that, like one weird good Baker year um, and lead them. But, yeah, I just I can't see the Buccaneers doing more than third place right now at that quarterback situation. Um, I, yeah. I, we Nobody even mentions Kyle Trask. Like, he's not like he's not even real. But, like, God, can you imagine if he wins that quarterback competition? Like, I can't imagine it. I, yeah. I highly doubt that. <laughs> I saw someone compare Kyle Trask to Josh Allen once. Like, I think it was, like, Matt Miller, the NFL scout or whatever. And I was like, you know... There are going to be so many shitty comparisons to Josh Allen. There already have been. But I do think if you're going to make a shitty Josh Allen comparison, like, the number one thing the guy you are comparing to Josh Allen should have is, like, a fucking cannon for an arm. Uh-huh. Like, if we're not even... If we're not if we're not talking... That's like when people make Daniel Jones to Josh Allen's comparisons, even though Daniel... Because, jo, because Daniel Jones was bad for a couple years. Like, you, you, know the, you know the thing about Josh Allen is that he always had more talent than god himself it was just a question of whether he was going to put it together um you can't say that about a guy like daniel jones who 
has the talent of Chad Pennington with better mobility. Like that, that there's not going to be a light that just suddenly turns on someday yeah. for that guy. Like there was for Josh Allen. There's not going to be that light for Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask has a pop gun. He was, he can't move. He was a stationary tackling dummy at Florida. Like that's just the funniest thing I've ever seen, but I assume Baker's going to win that competition. If he doesn't, I think that might actually be lights out for him. I know you have your pet theory that he's going to show up six years later, somewhere and win a super bowl like yeah. jim plunkett but um i think that might be that might be it for baker if he can't beat out kyle trask i it'll be it for like four years until he gets back into the league and yeah just wins the <laughs> super bowl randomly uh but i agree i agree on the bucks they had i think the 13th best defense by dvoa last year they had Kalijah cancy who i thought was one of the best defensive players you in like Kalijah? fucking love that guy um so strong defense if Baker can just keep them mediocre, that's a mediocre team. It's a 7-8 win team, the Bucks, which is very NFC South of them. Seems about right, yeah. Um, okay, I want to know who you have second in this division, because that also will tell me who you have first. I'm very yes. curious. I I have the Atlanta Falcons solidly you have them in Solidly in second. Yes, I will give you my reasons on the Saints, and you know that I was down on the Saints before this, so I bet you're curious. My my hot take, I actually have the Falcons winning this division. I did for a while. It is the weakest of gut feelings. Um, I was higher on Desmond Ritter than most. I'm still not very... I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback, but the thing is, like we saw last year, we saw Arthur Smith like almost like they won like seven games or whatever with him basically refusing to trust Marcus Mariota to tie his own shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think, and now they've added Bijan Robinson. They have beefed up that offensive line even more. I mean, they just have five fucking beefcakes, just five dudes pressed together, writhing in the line at the line of scrimmage. Um, They've got Bijan Robinson to go with Tyler Algier, uh, and I do like what they've done on defense on that unit. Yes. Um, so I, I, I do think the Falcons sort of are the team that I'm... I, I think it's going to be a weak division winner. Like, it could be nine wins that does it. And it's only because I don't like the Saints, and I don't like the Saints because I... You know, the more I went back and looked at the advanced metrics, and the more I went back and looked at the... Just watched him and the... the the and Derek Clawson, you know, he's done his breakdown of every quarterback. I, something was really off with Derek Carr last year. Yeah, he he did not. It, I guess it's easy to blame Josh McDaniels. We all love to do it; it's fun. But he just like he was missing routine throws, and the Raiders had weapons. I mean, the guy had Rent didn't have them all all seventeen games. He had Waller, he had Renfro, he had Devontae Adams. There really was no excuse for Derek Carr to play as badly as he did last year, and he just didn't look right. Um, so I don't know that I'm necessarily buying this whole Derek Carr bounce back with the Saints either. And I mean, and surprisingly, Andy Dalton played fairly well for the Saints last year. He did, and it didn't matter. They still didn't win a lot of games. I just I have I know a lot of people are going with the Saints just because that defense is still pretty good, and they've added Derek Carr and like. On paper, that probably makes the most sense. I just can't buy them. I can't get there. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I so I don't trust these Saints. I ain't, so I ain't, okay. All right, the I Falcons. Trust them. The Falcons. I have them in second. Uh, yes, thirtieth in defensive DVOA last year, but boy, they went on a real spending spree uh, this off season, and they reinforced that entire defense. I have a lot of faith that they can bring that unit up to like mediocre, at least sixteenth, seventeenth hovering around a zero DVOA, I think, for the Falcons this year. Um, So it comes down to that offense. And like you said, they've built one hell of an offensive line. They have built specifically one hell of a run-blocking offensive line. And this is part of the reason that I was going to have the Falcons finish first in this division for a while is I I don't think they need uh, Ritter to pass that much. I think they are going to run the ball down people's throats uh, with what they've got in the backfield, and they're just going to score points that way. Um, so, yeah, I like the Falcons on defense. I like them on offense. I'm hoping Kyle Pitts uh, can find a role here. I'm hoping he doesn't get lost in the shuffle like we've seen with so many other, you know, Dawson's Knox uh, 
in the NFL. Um, so cross my fingers for that. But yeah, for a while I had the Falcons almost like running away with this division because I had very little faith in the Saints. However, man, the Saints got tremendously unlucky last year. Holy fucking shit, this team had bad luck. They were they bottom, did yes they were bottom five in the league in fumbles recovered and interceptions. They had the second worst turnover differential in the league to the fucking Colts. Usually you would say that's because you turn the ball over all the time. No, they didn't fucking turn the ball over all the time. Andy Dalton threw only nine interceptions. Jameis Winston wandered onto the field and threw five. Uh, I don't know how he got out there. Somebody let him out, and he threw a bunch of picks, and they brought him back in. Taysom Hill threw zero. They were completely middle of the pack as far as fumbles and as far as lost fumbles. Their defense, despite being top ten in the league in DVOA, uh, could not get a turnover. They just couldn't do it. So in this case, absolutely bad turnover luck. Um, you know, sometimes you see a team like the 49ers. They they had the best turnover differential in the league last year. That's not luck. That's the 49ers being the 49ers. I expect them to continue to do that. The Saints, I do not expect this to continue. That's a good defense. They're going to get the bounces going their way next year. Uh, the other thing, the more I looked into it, I looked... I, <laughs> something caught my eye. A national writer was talking about how screwed over the Saints got by the refs last year. I don't watch the Saints. I, yeah, I, I don't know about. That. I couldn't tell. I you. think I watched like two Saints. Not even. I watched the game. I watched a little bit of the game where Brady came back in like the last minute to beat them, mm. and I can't even remember who they were playing. But I watched one game where Andy Dalton was playing very poorly. Yeah, uh, that's about it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, national writer there. I looked around. Uh, more national writers were talking about, looked at football outsiders, guys talking about how bad the refs were in Saints games, just uncommonly unfair to them. Uh, and of course, Saints fans uh, appear to be just irate. If you're a Saints fan and you're listening to this podcast, please give me specific situations because this seems to be a thing. So it seems like the Saints just were colossally unlucky last year. Their defense is extremely good. Their offense, like you alluded to, Andy Dalton had... What kind of, like, by rate statistics, was his second best season as a quarterback in the NFL really, last year? I really think that was just a product of Chris Olave. That kid's very good. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, it was... It, that's And that's part of why I'm skeptical that Derek Carr represents this huge upgrade for them. Yes. Because, like, what are the odds that he's going to improve on that Dalton stat line from last year? As fake as it felt, um, and not sustainable. Like, I don't think if you brought Andy Dalton back this year, you'd gotten that same production. So, I mean, in that... In that regard, it made sense to go get Derek Carr, but at the same time, it's hard to look at the numbers that they got from their quarterback last year and, and assume that one Derek Carr fixes the problem. Yeah, my so, my big caveat on this, because yeah, like Derek Carr had, by pretty much every metric, either his second or third worst season he's of pretty his bad. entire career last year. He it was didn't miserable. look good. The defining moment of his season was definitely when he got sacked and, and looked like he was crying. I, I'm not going to forget that image. I, I don't know if he was or wasn't, but he looked like he was done with football at that point, didn't he? It, uh, it, yeah. And like like you said, I, I don't really expect an improvement there. I think if you can get what Andy Dalton did last year, but you can amp up the volume, like if he threw the ball 500 times instead of, I think, Andy threw it 300 times, and you're going to keep 7.6 yards per attempt, yeah, that's going to be one hell of a season, but... I don't expect him to do better than Andy did last year, but I do think there is a colossal wave of luck coming to Orlet's way this season, uh, and I, I think they're just going to ride that way to win this division, get 10 wins, beat out the Falcons by a game. Do They they probably play the last game of the year, don't they? That's usually what they do in the South. They have the Falcons play the Saints. Yeah. Uh, and so that's yeah, probably I mean, I definitely, the division. I definitely don't feel strongly about who's going to win that division. It's... The, I mean, the NFC South is just, it. it's always every year, it's like, is the NFC South or the AFC South going to be more embarrassing? Um, but yeah, it, it it's interesting. And again, this is just such a weak-ass conference. Interesting. Is there though. anybody in that division that you are afraid is going to win a playoff game against the fucking Eagles? Do you see it happening? Is there, is there anybody in that division I think would win a playoff game against the Bears? An interesting. Uh, <laughs> so... We'll, we'll, talk about that in a minute. we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. 
No, um, <clears throat> all right, NFC West time. I'm betting we both have the same team in fourth, although maybe not. Maybe not. There's there, there's a couple contenders here. No, Who do you have not. finishing? No, there's not. Who do you have finishing last in the I, NFC West? I cannot fathom the Cardinals winning a single game. I, I don't I mean, see it. I mean, Kyler is coming back. No, he probably. Won't. If like they the are zero twelve, he's not coming yeah, back. Yeah, no, I guess that's true. That would be very. That would be no point. To, yeah, the Cardinals are Colt McCoy. <laughs> Colt McCoy is taking snaps as the one. Kyle, they were, Cardinals. They were thirtieth in offensive DVOA last year, and they got demonstrably worse in the off yeah, season. It's bad. It's bad. It, it is a. Eight fucking it's, dumpster fire in Arizona. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny because in a lot of other divisions, I'd feel very comfortable predicting that the Rams are going to be the worst team in the division. But like the, the I, Matthew Stafford, I think if he starts ten games, will still win enough of them that it will be better than whatever Arizona can manage. So I, he'll I win at least three, and that's got to yeah. be enough, right? That's like, got to be enough. And that would be a shame because I'm pretty sure the only reason that Sean McVay let himself be talked into coming back is I think he's hoping to tank and get Caleb Williams and then build his revival around that. (laughs) But the Cardinals, I mean, and the Cardinals might, I don't know, that's got, where the Cardinals are in next year's draft and what they do with that pick is going to be fascinating. It's going to be, it's almost going to be the story of the season. Like it's yeah. going to oh, yeah. hang over every game. It's going to be what are the Cardinals going to do at quarterback for the whole year for every college football game that Caleb Williams is in or Drake May. I mean, it could be Drake May. Um, but yeah, I mean, we might as well talk about the Rams because yeah, I mean, they might be the second most depressing team They're, in the league. Their head they, coach doesn't want to be here. Yeah, and to be clear. The Rams still did the right thing, man. They put all their chips in. They won this rule, and they're paying yes, the, they the bill now. But that's what I I saw. There is this fucking. I can't stand him. There's a, a Twitter account called the Computer Cowboy. I think is what he calls him. He's one of those, just one of those fucking. Sp- and I am a spreadsheet nerd. If you've been listening to this goddamn podcast, you you have to know I love my spreadsheets. I, mm-hmm. but there is always more to the game of football than the box score statistics. But he's one of those guys that just refuses to believe that. And he always, always keeps trying to compare since the trade, Goff's performance in Detroit to Stafford's performance in. Los Angeles and like was that trade worth it and the thing is that like dude the minute that Matthew Stafford hoisted that fucking Lombardi trade or trophy you lost you lost the argument it doesn't matter what his EPA per play in 22 is compared to Jared Goff on a much better Detroit it's not about the minute the Rams won in case and this is a a big problem with the analytics community and basically every sport in football or basically every sport in America in case you forgot the goal is the fucking trophy. Mm-hmm. If what you did got you the trophy, congratulations. It was a good fucking move. It doesn't matter if it closed your window from seven years of almost getting but never getting the trophy to three years and you got the trophy. Did you get the fucking trophy? The uh, trophy's hey, what matters. Ask a, ask the Cowboys what they would do with Dak Prescott. How Would you trade every yeah. year you've had with would Dak Would you trade every year that you've had Super with Bowl? Dak for a single Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, God. Yeah, absolutely, they would. Absolutely, and yeah. they would be like, sure, we'll be terrible for three years. Who cares? We won yeah. a goddamn Super Bowl. Absolutely, yeah. yeah so, all right. I mean, it's hard to say anything about the the Rams other than that because they really are just a zombie team at this point. Yeah, you they know, they have, they have the best defensive football player maybe ever. They have a fantastic wide receiver. They have maybe the last good year of Matt Stafford's career this year, they're hoping, and not much else. Yeah, so here's here's a fun one I want to know. Travis, who do you have winning this division? I, I again, uh, this is a very hard one. I like this is fine. You know what? You're 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 bullshitting. I will just say it. I have the Seahawks winning this division. That's my take. All right. Tell me. Are the forty Are the Forty Niners going to waltz to the playoffs? Still, yes. They have the best defense in the NFC. Um, wh- whoever ends up starting their games, be it Sam Darnold, who was an adequate game manager for the Panthers last year, and will be an even more adequate game manager in that Shanahan offense, be it Brock Purdy. It's almost certainly not going to be Trey Lance because, I mean, Kyle Shanahan just, I think he would sooner hit Trey Lance with his car than start him at this point. But, like, whoever starts with the 49ers, they're going to win games. We know that. Um, 
But I actually, I, I love the moves that the Seahawks made in free agency and in the draft to add on defense. Um, and I love adding Jackson Smith and Jigma to what was already a fantastic wide receiver core. I am a believer that everything Geno Smith did last year was real. I mean, you can tear it apart by every underlying metric you could find. You can't find anything he was actually not good at last year. He was legitimately top five or ten in every category. Um, I, I do. I think I'm going to bet the Seahawks this year. I'm going to go with 49ers in second. I'm going to go with the Seahawks to win the division. Yeah, this is this is hard for me uh, because I mean, the thing I want to say first of all. Um, just to be on record with it, is starting Brock Purdy and calling this Brock Purdy's team is a colossal mistake from Shanahan. I think if there is anything across the NFL, and we've got teams up and down the board who could fall apart after one year of offensive success here. We've already talked about the Giants. We're going to talk about the Lions in a minute. Uh, Of all of them, Brock Purdy is the number one thing that is almost certain to fall apart. He does not have the talent to sustain this in the NFL. And I wonder if even Shanahan is going to be enough to prop him up. Um, So, you know what? I'm going to be hopeful because, you know, I love Pete Carroll uh, and I love Geno Smith and I do love what they've got on offense and on defense. We're just, fuck it. We're going to go with Seattle. We're going to say the Seahawks win this division. The Seahawks win the NFC. Guess what, Kyle Shanahan? Your fucking hubris will dunk you down to yeah. A mere 10 wins or something. Yeah. And a, yeah. a I mean, second round playoff exit to the Eagles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers are... And that is good. I mean, that defense could be even better than it's been, which is terrifying. I mean, they added Javon yeah. Hargrave, who was just an add to the one... The one fucking weak point they had on that entire defense was... was and I mean, everywhere but, everywhere but quarterback. Oh, my God. The offense, yeah, they are, the skill best, position yeah. players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I'm going to do it. So All right. that, that's the NFC West. And then finally, folks, we have rounded our way home. We have landed in the NFC North. Um, who you got finishing last, Travis? I, I have, know. I have without a doubt, without a single doubt in my mind, the Green Bay fucking Packers finishing <laughs> dead last in the North. There's, there's no question. Is there? Do you? <laughs> Do you have a difference of um, opinion here? Yeah, no, I think I think it'll be the Packers. I without question, I don't know. The only question is that if is is God just and merciful, and will He allow us such a thing? Um, signs point to no, but not too bad. Uh, don't be no, too no. bad, Green. Bay. Yeah, we want we want about six wins from the Packers, just yes. enough to put them safely out of one of those first two draft spots in next year's draft. Because I still don't even know who quarterback three is in that draft next year. Yeah. Um, mullet kid down at texas i don't know uh but yeah i do think it'll be the packers i i they have a good offensive line that defense has nine first rounders on it yet never seems to be more than the sum of its parts um rashawn gary is not 20th in defensive dvoa last year somehow rashawn gary is not likely to play until later in the season um, and most guys are not very explosive that first year coming back from an ACL tear anyways. He's their key pass rusher. Um, yeah, I just, and then on offense, I mean, they, the most experienced wide receiver they have, you know, are Watson and Dubs. Um, both of them have some promise, but neither of them, um, I, I go back and forth as to whether Rodgers not trusting that wide receiver core made them look worse than they are, or whether Rodgers being Rodgers made them look better than they even were. So it's, I'll be interested to see what that Packers wide receiver core does with a non-Hall of Fame quarterback, um, but also a non-egotistical quarterback who maybe won't doghouse a guy for six weeks if he drops the ball like Rodgers did to Christian Watson. Um, they don't currently have a tight end on the roster that I trust to actually play tight end as a rookie. Um, both of the guys they took are kind of projects. That offensive line's very good. It is very good. I'll give them that. I, they have I, good. I, they have good running backs, uh, but they, those I, running backs are going to get keyed on all season. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing. I, I always said this about Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones is a good running back. But the thing about Aaron Jones is he's never seen an eight-man box in his entire career. He's good. Like, I to me, he's good. Like Joseph Adai was good. Right, like the dude had lanes. Every time he got the ball, yeah. he's got to get lanes because of the yeah. guy who's standing next to him. Yeah, welcome to hell. Uh, yeah. So, 
who do you have in third, Travis? Third place. Also, without a fucking doubt, the luckiest team in NFL history. In NFL not, history. God not just it. NFL history. If you wait every NFL game equally with every MLB game, with every NHL game, with every NBA game in a season, they are the luckiest modern sports team in history. You have to go back to a Detroit Tigers club from, I believe, the late 19 uh, thoughts in the 1900s, like 1907, 1908, uh, to find a luckier sports team than the God the Vikings last this year. Is, four this is a team point six eight wins off of where they should have been. They they won thirteen games mm-hmm. while allowing more points than they scored. Yep, that should quite literally have been impossible. And it was so funny how mad. Vikings fans would get all season long when you pointed out how fraudulent they were. And I would even say, like, they are destined to get bounced in the first round of the playoffs, and it's not even going to be by a good team. It's going to be like the fucking Giants. And that's exactly who it was. It was just... Well, and like, and then the other thing, we talked about this a little bit too a couple weeks ago, I think, um, when we were talking about quarterback rankings. Kirk Cousins, like, the the whole switch to Kevin O'Connell was supposed to be about maximizing Kirk Cousins and doing all the things that Kirk Cousins does best and upping the play action, all that stuff. But like Kirk Cousins declined considerably in every single metric from the year before. So he went from 66% completions to 65%. He went from 33 touchdown passes and a 5.9 touchdown percentage to 29 and 4.5. His interceptions doubled from seven to 14. Uh, His yards per attempt cratered from 7.5 to 7.1. His yards per completion went down from 11.3 to a damn near career low. I mean, if you don't count if you don't count his second year in Washington where he started three games, literally a career low 10.7 yards per completion, and that's on a team with Justin Jefferson. 10.7 yards per completion with Justin Jefferson, and his passer rating was the lowest that it has been since 2014. And this is a guy, and he also took the most sacks of his career. So this is a guy who's entering his age 35 season. He's coming off arguably um, his worst season in a decade. Um, I don't know why anyone would think that particular arrow is pointing up. Yeah, I uh, I know the 2001 Bears when I fucking see them. Uh, and those were the 2001 Bears right there. I went back, I looked at the Pythagorean because I thought for sure, for sure the 2001 Bears are going to have like at least a, a minus three Pythagorean wins. They should never have, have won as many games as they did. It was like a minus 1.2. Yeah. Uh, and that was the most obviously fraudulent team I've ever seen. They finished 4-12 and the next season. The Vikings are going to go straight through the goddamn floor. They're gonna, they might challenge the Packers to be last in the division. Um, especially if Cousins continues that downward trajectory. Um, they really do. They have Justin Jefferson, and that's it. They let Dalvin Cook go. Uh, Jordan Addison Addison is flying down the freeway right now to save his dog at 140 miles per hour. That's what you got to uh, do. <laughs> the defense is getting older and falling apart. But there, there isn't that much there, and they covered it up hey, with no, nothing hey. last year. They just won games. Hey, though, I mean, the Vikings fans that told me that Jordan Addison is actually faster if you use GPS tracking data than his 40 time, they were right. The guy, (laughs) if you're going by the radar, the kid is very fast. Um, Those Vikings fans, he was in that Lambo. Yeah, he was not too too short and slow to drive that puppy. So, um, (laughs) yeah, the Vikings, I mean, they just, they look like the world's most 7 and 10 team. Just, the signs are there. Yeah, the regression monster rarely fails, um, so we'll see there. And then uh, second place, I'm going to assume we both have the Lions. Oh, you're going there. All right, you're okay. going there. All right, go for do you, it. Do you want me to go? go for, <clears throat> okay. All right, I'm going to clarify. I have the Bears in second in the division. I do have the Lions winning the division, although I'm not buying into the Lions as much as most people are. Uh-huh. Um, but I do have the Bears in second. But Travis, by all means, send us off with your most homery homer. Give us yeah. the homer. Yeah, so hey, uh, okay, so the Lions have even come out in the last couple days um, and have basically been saying that they're a little, like, annoyed by the amount of hype that they have around them, and I agree with them. 
Um, I think it, it's just gotten completely out of control. Uh, they they did play well down the stretch last season. We've talked about this before. There's no such thing as momentum at the end of a goddamn season. You are the team that you were the whole year, and the Lions were a 9-8 and eight football team. They had the 28th overall defense yeah. in the goddamn league. It didn't yeah. matter who they had on their defense. Yes, they they added Captain Jack, and I love Captain Jack. Obviously, I'm a Hawkeye fan. Uh, but he he's not a needle mover. He's a competent linebacker. They, he's a competent well, they, off-ball linebacker. They added some pieces in the secondary, and it looked like for a second yeah. there, C.J. Gardner may have been out for the year, but it sounds like he's going to be okay, so good yeah. for them. Um, they have shored up some holes in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do... I just... And I actually don't see where their offense gets any better than last year either. And the thing is, that still might be, if their offense just holds serve from where it was last year and the defense can just be average, that might be enough to take this defense or this division. That's kind of what I'm betting on. But, like, I don't see, I mean, we talked about this a little bit ago, but Jared Goff was actually fairly lucky last year too. Yes. Um, By CPOE, by turnover-worthy percentage versus actual interceptions. The guy got lucky. He probably threw about half as many interceptions as he should have. Um, and, and, and at this point, Jared Goff is Jared Goff. Like, is there – do you really think there's – that something's going to be unlocked? And right now, I don't even know who wide receiver two even is for them. They have Amon Ross St. Brown, and then Jamison Williams is already injured in camp and is suspended for six games. Um, they let Shark go. I'm really not sold on the rest of, I don't really not sold the rest of their wide receiver core and they don't have TJ Hawkins in there either at tight end. So, um, I, they have a, a mauler offensive line and Ben Johnson is an incredibly innovative offensive coordinator. They're going to do some great stuff in the run game. They're going to do a lot of play action to get the most out of Jared Goff. Um, but I think they already did that. I guess I don't see a lot of upside. In there. I don't think their offense gets better. Their defense probably will. It just depends on how that shakes out. Um, and yeah, I guess I should go on record with the bears um, my official prediction, Let's hear if it. they don't add some edges here, some edge help, I still think I see them as, as like an 8-9 eight, an eight and nine team, um, which I think will be good for second in this division. I think NFC 8-9 and nine could possibly flirt with that seventh spot anyways. Yeah. Um, if they, I think if they add some help at edge and they shore up that pass rush just a little bit, I do think 9-8 and eight, and that seventh seed is, is a lot more feasible. Um, but I, I'd say right now, if it, you were asking me, I'd say like the Lions are going to take this division at ten and seven. The Bears will bring it up second at eight and nine. The Packers or the Vikings will be third at seven and ten, and then the Packers will come in last at six and eleven. That's how I'm feeling it shaking out right now. Okay, all right. So I think not only is the Lions' offense definitely not getting better, I think it's absolutely going to get worse. Um, Jared Goff with a full year of tape on him is always a bad combination. Um, and that they overperformed uh, to such an extent last year, like an insane extent. I I cannot believe that the NFL will not adjust and put them in at least a more reasonable place. Let's say the 12th best offense in the league, the 11th best offense in the league. They had the fifth overall offensive DVOA in the league last year by the end of the season. And like you said, Goff got incredibly lucky. The Lions were plus seven in turnovers despite having the 28th worst defense in the NFL. That is going to change. Absolutely, it's going to swing back around. I do like CJGJ. Um, like I said, I like adding Captain Jack. Um, I think their defense is going to get better, but the difference between what they've added, making them like the 28th best defense last year to maybe what, the 20th best defense this season? Uh, like a mediocre, not good, but like not awful defense. Um, and with offensive regression, I just see them, I feel like maybe ending up right where they are, right? Eight or nine wins, just where they were last year. Um, so yeah, should we talk about should we talk about the Bears? Do you want me to give my prediction on the Bears? Give, give your prediction. I gave mine. Okay. You give yours. Right. Let's rat, Let's send us off with Travis's prediction. Okay. All right. So here's the deal. The Bears have an incredibly weak schedule. They have, if you do, if outside of the AFC South and the NFC South, they have the weakest schedule in the league. Um, and those eight teams have the weakest schedules in the league because they play each other six times during the season. Uh, so the Bears, basically, they're going to get owned by the Chiefs. They're probably going to get owned by the Chargers. And other than that, they are going to have a lot of easy games. That's why the Bears have, just before, I think, believe it was five years ago, gone from worst to first before. As we've gone through, 
these divisional choices, we have not yet picked a team that was going to go from last place in their division to first place in their division. It happens every year almost. It's happened, I believe it's 21 out of the last 23 years in the NFL that a team in last place has gone to first place. That's partly because of scheduling. Um, Also, it's partly because if you were the worst team in the NFL the year before, you had bad luck. It's just guaranteed. Last year, the Bears were 1-7 and in one-score games. And when I say that, everybody listening to this podcast can think of at least minimum two games that the Bears absolutely should have won last year and just magically didn't. Um, That's probably going to turn around. I think there's going to be a more middling record in there. Uh, I've been kind of talking about it all season, but the Bears have taken every position that was an absolute dumpster fire, which was several last year, and have turned them into competencies. At least mediocre players in there. Demarcus Walker is a good player, and he's going to line up at edge. I do think we're going to sign either Yannick Ngakwe or Justin Houston, and he will be competent. He will be a competent, good player. Um, Andrew Billings has not been talked about enough. This guy has been not just a good defensive tackle, nose Hasn't tackle in the he? NFL. Hasn't uh, he, though? He has not. He has not just been good. You're, he has you're, been very good you're, every you're, year. Oh, you're all in on Billings. All right. You're, Billings is you're, a fan. He is you're a giving, nose tackle. You're, you're giving him top Billings. Okay. All right. Nice. Uh, yeah. We, we had last year, you look at what we're going from on the defensive line last year. It's a massive seismic upgrade. Our linebacking core is now maybe the best in the league. Definitely top Eh, three. Yeah, the 49ers, still the best, easily. It's up up there. Our secondary has a lot of... There's definitely going to be an issue at corner with youth, I think, but it's going to be better than last year. got talent, Offensively, it's fucking night and day, in my opinion. Darnell Wright, I think, is going to be fantastic. Nate coming in um, and playing guard is going to be great. Our center position is being upgraded by default because we had maybe the worst center I've ever seen play in my life for the last two seasons. Everything about the Bears has improved from at least dumpster fire to okay. And in some cases, it's gone from dumpster fire to DJ Moore. Uh, So I think the Bears, combining that with their week schedule, uh, with everything else going on with them, I see the Bears winning 10 or 11 games and taking the North. Woo, 11. If they win 11 games, I'll... Oof, all right. Game improvement. I'm I am That's, putting myself out here, and I'm going to say you sure are six for the Bears and a very sound ass kicking in their first playoff game. There you go. <laughs> uh, God knows. I mean, I hope you're right. I really do. I, I'd be happy with. I personally would be happy with my prediction of eight and nine as long as we see Justin Fields take demonstrable strides, and as long as the problem is mostly that we're just missing some pass rush because I think. It's a good year to be drafting an edge rusher next year. This is the thing. You've got to tell me, what scenario is there where Justin Fields doesn't take that that next step and the Bears don't have a winning record at the end of it? How do they end up 8-9, and nine, yet with this offensive roster, Justin Fields just shows out and makes you happy? How is that possible? What, what uh, games I, do we lose? Because I still don't think they... I, as of right now, I, I am not sure that this Bears defensive line could get a lot of pressure against last year's Bears offensive line. (laughs) This is still a bad defensive line. I can't get there. I cannot picture this team having a pass rush. I could could see them losing... I could see them losing three or four games by like a 35-30 to score where I would feel just fine with Justin Fields, but I would be... And that might be the difference between 11-6 and 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 8-9. And I would feel fine with Justin Fields, and I would be like, it's about time to use both of those first-round picks on edge rushers, I think. So what I would say is, I think you're going to be surprised how big of a difference there is between last year's absolutely no pressure at all ever defensive line and this year's token pressure that the Bears are going to get. Token pressure. Upgrade. Lots of token pressure this year. I I hope you're right, man. All right. Well, that's... Sending us off with Travis's optimism. Uh, he does tend to be the more optimistic of the two of us, and I love him for that. So. Whoa. Last year, we had a you, big argument, you, and I said the Bears true. were definitely going to get the first I should say, I, I should say, I should say you, 
Yeah, you're really more optimistic. You really commit to whatever you're feeling there you in either direction far more than I do. Yeah. I tend to be a lot more pragmatic in both directions, and you tend to really be like, I'm feeling good this year. They're going 11-6. and six. And last year you were very much like, this is the worst roster I've ever seen. They will get the first overall pick. And I was like, the first overall pick? That's a lot. They'll win like six games because they're the Bears, but no. They... So you were right last year. Let's hope you're equally right this year. All right. Two years in a row, all right, and then it can all come crashing down. I, I promise after next year, if we do win 11 games uh, or more, I mean 17 and 0, yeah. uh, I will just start predicting that the Bears will win three games every year because I go. know karma will come back for me. Yeah, you'll be haunted. All right, folks, well, thanks for tuning in for our previews, and next week we'll uh, we'll just react to content. I expect there'll be a whole week of Bears yeah. training camp content, NFL training camp content. We'll have football things to discuss we'll get there yeah. all right well, well good night everybody. like training camp around the nfl oh my god kyle football football oh it's Yeah.